0: Welcome to What is X. I'm your host, Justin E.H. Smith. This is a podcast for The Point magazine. As regular listeners will know, on each episode, we have a guest who helps us determine in a broadly Socratic way what a given X is, what the nature of it is, what the necessary and sufficient conditions are. It's usually a difficult concept to pin down, something that seems to evade easy definition. So today I am going to be discussing the question what are That's a plural, I know, that's a variation on the title we allow. What are conspiracy theories? And my guest today is the one-of-a-kind Sam Chris, a writer in multiple venues and a one-time attendee at a Flat Earth conference, I'm told. Um, All right, so uh, let's maybe get started one way to kind of do a, a few warm-up exercises, let's get started with a few kind of case studies, would that be a good idea? Uh, I read recently that George Herbert Walker Bush was uh, in Dallas, Texas on that fateful day in 1963, was Mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. And that he claimed in deposition that he could not remember where he was. Yes. And as far as I know, this is true. This is a historical fact that non-conspiracy theorists
1: believe is this weird? Should we think about
0: this more than we do? <laughs>
1: um, I mean, I think uh, there are lots of people who should think about it more than they do, and a few people who should maybe think about it very slightly less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, you know, if we're t- if we're talking about uh, George H. W. Bush, you know, there there is uh, uh, definitely a, a documented. Uh, uh, relation to the CIA. I mean, you know, he was uh, not only director of the CIA for a while, but uh, the various documents to show that he was um, part of the, when he was uh, when he became head of the CIA the line was that he was kind of untainted right. by uh, some of his previous behavior and uh, some of the flagrantly illegal things he'd done in the past and he was a kind of uh, fresh individual and it turns out that obviously this was not at all true he'd been uh, involved in the CIA for a while the uh, oil company he ran mm. um, is I think widely acknowledged by many people to have uh, been some form of CIA cutouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the thing about the uh, George H. W. Bush example is that um, you know this is a conspiracy theory which you know points towards something which is absolutely true in the world, which mm-hmm. is that there are powerful people and they do conspire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like when, when people talk about conspiracy theory, uh, there's often the kind of presumption that a conspiracy theory is something untrue. Right. But I don't think there's anyone who believes that there are no conspiracies. Right. Um, I mean, you know, if you believe that, you'd have to believe that, uh, you know, dozens of Roman senators just happened to stab Julius Caesar at the exact same time. They were all just <laughs> seized by a nerve to kill the man. Right. right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, like there are conspiracies and people do conspire. Right. Um, but conspiracy theory as a as a term as it's used kind of has has a sense of something that is fanciful, something that isn't true. Right. Um yeah. Um, by the way, everyone, I, I forgot to
0: mention uh, that Sam and I are sitting in a pub in London uh, and ordinarily I record a, at a distance in a soundproofed uh, studio of sorts uh, and this time we don't have that luxury but we also have a different sort of luxury that we look, get to look at each other face to face in person as we're speaking. So the sound quality is worse for you but the conversation quality is Better for us, and also probably, therefore, for you as well. So, uh, as I always insist, the purpose of this podcast is not uh, 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 tied up with its high production value, it's tied up with the the interestingness of the guests, and that's what we're getting today. so uh, let me come up with another uh, example. René Descartes uh, mm-hmm. is uh, someone who famously was, uh, spent much of his life uh, 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 in fear of persecution by the Catholic Church. Uh, towards the end of his life uh, he went to take up a position as court philosopher to Queen Christina of Sweden um, and he died a few months after arriving in Stockholm supposedly of pneumonia though there are some people who say that he was a Jesuit spy um, I was not aware of that and that he was murdered for this and you might know that afterwards Queen Christina converted to Catholicism and, um, and had a very complicated history a uh, very interesting woman but the Jesuit uh, or the Jesuitical uh, complot is one of my favorite uh, uh, kind of Rorschach tests of conspiracy theories, uh, because it kind of goes through the centuries, it's even older than uh, conspiracy theories about Freemasons um, or the Illuminati, Um, and there are people who think that the Jesuits are... Just, you know, kind of wonderful, flexible, open, liberal uh, 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 people who are interested in the world around them. And there are people who think the Jesuits are extremely powerful um, and calling the shots in the world in ways that. that the dupes don't understand, mm-hmm. and I think this is maybe more than, say, conspiracy theories about um, about the Kennedy assassination that mm-hmm. would implicate um, the Bush family and the CIA. Yes. This is interesting because you know it is true that the CIA is powerful in a way, right? They can do things. Um, that some people will not like. Um, I'm not convinced for, uh, say, Jesuits or, indeed, free that, uh that this is the case. So there is maybe uh, one of the elements of uh, conspiracy theory, properly or narrowly speaking, is that it attributes far more power to a group of people than they actually
1: have. You think that's right? Well, I mean, I mean, the thing about the the Jesuit conspiracy theory and and others of that type is that, um, unlike, say, uh, the Kennedy assassination or nine eleven, you know, both of which are are incidents where um, where um, you know it, it is, I, I think, a reasonable person could be certain that it didn't go down exactly as the official story tells. Like, you know, for instance, part of the nine eleven quote-unquote official narrative, uh, is that the identity of the hijackers was determined by an intact passport that was found in the rubble of the Twin Mm. Towers. Uh, Now, you don't even need to believe that um, the US government itself was culpable in the 9-11 attacks to make the fairly obvious conclusion that this is a lie. Right. Um, and that, uh, you know, potentially they found out who committed the attacks through other means that they didn't want to reveal and then planted a piece of evidence, right. which would in a way be a sort of conspiracy. Right. The thing about the Jesuit or the Freemason conspiracy theories, um, which I think makes it much more interesting, mm-hmm. is that these are theories about what kind of a world it is we live in right, yeah. and what is the motive power behind history in general. Right. Um, and things like the Kennedy assassination or 9/11 can form part of that, mm-hmm. but but these theories are, are far more kind of complex and rich, and I think far more interesting. Right. right, um, right. I mean, you know, you could draw. A- parallel for instance with uh, witch beliefs Mm -hmm. um in certain uh, especially african societies Mm -hmm. where um powerful people are assumed to be part of a society of witches Mm -hmm. that um meets in secret locations and uh, carries out secret deeds Mm and very often uh related to the consumption of human flesh which again seems to be a recurring theme in conspiracy theory Mm -hmm. um but uh you know ultimately the uh uh, beliefs about witches are beliefs about not just that certain people are doing certain things but that the entire world works in a certain way um, i mean uh, Bruce Chatwin in uh, in Patagonia uh, talks about uh, Patagonian witch belief uh, and talks about it in actually like very beautiful terms uh, in which he says that uh, that you know this particular society of witches may be older than humanity itself you know m- might be part of the kind of Motive forces of nature and reality, mm-hmm. uh, or that even that humanity itself was formed as part of a battle against the witches mm-hmm. um, and these theories I think uh, are, are interesting you know, not only because they 're very grand in scope, mm-hmm. and you know we, we can go into some more of the ones that kind of meet this criteria, like mm-hmm. uh, well, fat earth being a very obvious example that yeah. um, you know like some of my favorite conspiracy theories are those that um, Rather than being um, kind of very immediately political, a kind of um, cosmic, you know, like a, a hologram moon, for right, instance, <laughs> one yeah, of my favourites, yeah. or uh, LED sun. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you not know about that. Oh, oh yeah, I, I think there's something yeah. intensely poignant about LED sun. Actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but what I think about a lot of these theories is that even if the actual determinate content is false, I think what these theories fundamentally are is um, a way of understanding the world and a way of speaking about the world that is in itself a kind of language um, and there is I think a sense in which every grand conspiracy theory is true yeah um, in the same way that like poetry is true like it 's a form of language that I think has more in relation to poetry than it does to you know, a merely propositional falsehood, like today's Monday.
0: Yeah, 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 right, right, right. Yeah, we'll get back to poetic language and to witches soon enough. There's another element that I wanted to address. I, you know, my day job is as a professional philosopher, uh, and um, we are trained up to consider uh, radical skepticism as a legitimate possibility, um, and the possibility that the world came into being ex nihilo five minutes ago, and uh, solipsism, and really absolutely every possibility. Now. Um, one of my heroes who works in the history of philosophy is Richard Hopkins, um, who wrote on the history of early modern skepticism from Savonarola to Boyle. Uh, and he, at some point in the late 1960s, Took a couple of years out of his day job to write uh, what he thought was going to be a, the definitive treatment of the Kennedy assassination, right? <laughs> um, and he came to the conclusion in a book that was published, I think, in 1968, uh, that um, that there could not have been a lone gunman, mm-hmm. right? And I always find the Popkin case absolutely fascinating. Because he was immersed in a tradition of um, taking seriously the possibility that we know nothing, quod nihil scitur, and jumping from that into a real world. case study that was extremely politically charged. So one thing that that makes me wonder is, what is the connection exactly between uh, philosophical skepticism and uh, conspiracism, Mm. right? Uh, uh, And are we inviting um, uh, 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 students in introduction to philosophy to start doubting uh, the 9-11 story uh, oh, I hope so. when,
1: when we tell them that nothing is known, right? Um, <laughs> yes, well, I mean, um, like one of the things that's often struck me about, um, certainly not all, but definitely some conspiracy theorists, uh, is that it really does involve a kind of very radical skepticism. Uh, I think I, uh, I've referred to it in the past as a kind of... Um, uh, an, an agnosis um, yeah. in that uh, like you know, for instance, uh, flat earthers yeah. um, have an extraordinary range of different things they believe mm-hmm. about um, what the fundamental nature of the cosmos is, mm-hmm. um, but what kind of actually unites many of them uh, is a really admirable ability to distinguish what is known from what is believed right. Um, you know, like uh, many of them, if you listen to them talk among each other, they will talk about how much it is that they don't know. Yeah. That, you know, they do not know the final shape of the universe. They don't know how many suns there are. Right. They don't know how big our flat Earth is, or yeah. if there are others. Yeah. Um, and and you know, they're they're very willing of, uh, they're very uh, capable of maintaining all of these different ideas in a kind of suspension without yeah. uh, falling down immediately on on any one of them. Right. Um, I mean you know that, that, like there's a kind of um, i mean again I think there are there are like small doubts and great doubts right, right. you know you can you can doubt um you can doubt who it was that uh, really shot JFK, mm-hmm. uh, or you can doubt whether our entire reality is an illusion. Right. Um, but you know, conspiracy theory very often tilts at the latter kind of, you know, the, yeah. the Cartesian thought experiment. Yeah. Right. Um, right. You know, uh, David Icke. You know, pro- probably yeah, right. the most uh, prominent Rep- conspiracy- reptilian. I mean, theory, this is what yeah. everyone knows about him: yeah. is that uh, is that he believes that. Uh, uh, the royal family and certain other prominent people are, are reptiles in human suits. Yeah. Um, but what he fundamentally believes is that the entire universe is a kind of frequency. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a, uh, something akin to music, a vibration, mm-hmm. uh, which is definitely not a concept that's uh, foreign to the history of philosophy. Right, um, And that the reptiles uh, are... On the most fundamental level of reality, they are a discordance within that vibration mm-hmm. that expresses itself in our kind of sublunary three dimensional world mm-hmm. as a scaly monster with reptile eyes. Right. But That is not what it is. Right. Um, and in fact, like most of David Icke's thought, is taken up by the distinction between, um, I guess, what a philosopher called essence and appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of his beliefs, one of his most prominent beliefs lately, I think slightly pre everything becoming about COVID, which we can also talk about, uh, is uh, what he calls the moon matrix. Mm -hmm. Um, His belief is that uh, the moon is an artificial satellite, which has been placed in orbit around the earth, Uh which is actually a transmitter Uh for a uh, satanic discordant matrix uh, originating on the planet Saturn which uh-huh. uh, many people take to be well, not many people statistically but uh, some of the more interesting people take to be uh, the actual physical manifestation of the prince of lies within our physical universe uh-huh. Saturn. Uh, okay. Saturn, yeah yeah. You know oh, I, again, there's a, there's a long heritage there mm-hmm. uh, identifying Saturn with the evil uh-huh. um, <laughs> oh, well, sure yeah but the purpose of this signal is to keep us locked in the kind of three or four dimensional sensory reality mm-hmm. um, and so it, it kind of strikes me that what this conspiracy theory essentially is, is a kind of extravagant form of Kantianism uh-huh. uh, where there is a um, you know, that there is a fundamental noumenal reality uh, that we cannot access because mm-hmm. we're bounded by uh, our finitude and our particular relation to, well I mean the dimensions, you know, as as uh, as Kant argues much of this is stuff that is uh, built into our nature as people where the conspiracy theorists differ obviously is that uh, they think they can get outside of it Um, which would mean I guess they belong to that kind of uh, German idealist tradition which uh, tries to kind of you know, move beyond cantonism and, and establish a kind of direct relation to reality. Right right, um, right, right, I mean, what conspiracy theorists often do in trying to establish this direct relation to reality is they will kind of decode the signs of the world, uh-huh. uh, so that you know the true nature of things is kind of hinted at right. through uh, patterns on piece of currency, or uh, right. or, or very often words, wordplay. Um, right. You know, like, uh, that there is uh, a person who believes very strongly that uh, you can tell that we are living in hell uh, because when we greet each other, we say, hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that there's um, a lot of, yeah, there's kind of somewhat mystical relation to the signifier going on. Right right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think... Um, I think, at a certain level, it is difficult to uh, extricate conspiracy theory from philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's... Uh, I guess you could call it a kind of uh, a folk philosophy, a way mm-hmm. to... Um, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, one of, one of my favorite books uh, uh, in this general area is Margaret, Margaret Wertheim, um, uh, who wrote about outsider physics um, and uh, attended outsider physics conferences... Um, where people propose things like the, the the nature of the universe is not uh, built up from subatomic particles, but from something uh, resembling smoke rings that Fantastic. look a lot like you know what you can blow when you're smoking when you're using the bong in your trailer park <laughs> in outside of Portland, Oregon, which I think is the, the, the particular case study she was most interested in. This guy who's a trailer park manager and is kind of at the top of the heap at outsider physics conferences. Um, and she is uh, very sensitive kind of anthropologically to the kind of... Um, The need for a folk physics, right? Mm -hmm. And how this emerges from a deep conviction that we, trailer park managers and surfers and whoever else, are just as well positioned Mm. to apprehend the nature of reality as a trained physicist is because what kind of universe would it be where we would be cut off from the true nature Mm. of reality so this emerges kind of spontaneously as a result of the the institutionalization of expert knowledge and similarly for um for other kind of, let's say, as you put it, not just folk physics but folk philosophy. Mm. Do you think that's a fair characterization of how these uh, these ideas emerge?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, um, I think the most interesting case here really is uh, flat Earth. Yeah, I mean, on, on many levels. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I mean, the, the the thing about flat Earth is that um, you know it, it's. Our, our experiential relation mm. to the universe mm-hmm. is that the Earth is flat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember being told as a child, when uh, on the beach, you know, looking out at the sea, oh, you can see the curvature of the horizon. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, you cannot. <laughs> right. uh, it is actually impossible to mm-hmm. ever see the curvature of the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, like people have known that the Earth is round for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Plato describes it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the roundness of the earth has always been very much abstracted from human experience. You know, it, it's one of the kind of, uh, the, the brute facts, yeah. uh, that is kind of, un, it, it's, a, it's a piece of kind of instrumental reason, as it yeah. were. Yeah, Uh, it, it's, it's a brute, it's a brute fact that doesn't relate to, um, to the human sense of being in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's, you know, it's interesting in that regard that, um, flat earth, you know, which, uh. You know, like very often when you talk about flat earth to people, they'll kind of go, Oh, are there people who still believe that? Yeah, right. No, it's yeah. never still, right? Yeah. Um, flat earth is a really very recent phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it basically came out of the mid to late 19th century, yeah. and um, there's fundamentally one person who's the origin, who is Sammy Robotham, okay? Yeah. Uh, who was a um, uh, itinerant speaker, and weirdo, and uh, utopian socialist, as mm-hmm. it happens, um, and it's in, interesting to me that uh, this kind of idea came out at precisely the point with the you know massive explosion of um, the Industrial Revolution and instrumental rationality mm-hmm. uh, at which people were being enslaved as never before right. to kind of brute facts about the universe. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the, the, um, the, the kind of steam engine or clockwork mechanism of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Flat Earth kind of seems to me a way to kind of claw back a certain kind of sovereignty over reality Mm -hmm. for the subject to be able to go, my experience of the world is such, and this is important. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, at that point, no one had ever seen the spherical Earth. Um, The the Earth that everyone directly experienced with their senses was flat. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I mean, you know, there there are some other... um, Correspondences there, where you know, like, uh, like much of the um, enslavement of human beings by machines depended on the roundness of the earth, in the sense that uh, yeah. uh, 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 you know, it was all for uh, rapidly expanding global trades, you know. It's, um, yeah. You know, yeah, um, like uh, Marx and Engels in the Communist Manifesto, when they talk about the achievements of the bourgeoisie, mm-hmm. it's always in terms of them—they're kind of grasping the earth, holding the orb of it, right. circum mm-hmm. circumnavigating yeah. circum- the entire thing, opening up every corner of the earth mm-hmm. to uh, to uh, capitalist exploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, you know, but. This is something which is not entirely possible in the in the flat earth. Like the 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 round earth is a kind of you know it it is a disenchanted earth. It's Mm -hmm. a scene of a certain kind of. you know, it, it, it's the scene of kind of full objecthood. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not something you can fully have a relation with. Mm-hmm. Um, what's very interesting about flat earth is that the way they describe their flat earth, it's very cozy. It is our home. It was yeah. designed for us. Yeah. A flat earth does not emerge through natural processes. Right. Um, you know, as uh, one of the people at the flat earth conference said, there are no atheists on the flat earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, although he did follow that up by saying, actually, if there are any come and find me afterwards, I would love to talk to right. you about how you think <laughs> right. this works. Right, right. Um, but, you know, a, a flat earth is a nurturing home for human beings, mm-hmm. and a round earth is a, uh, a ball of exploitable materials. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. I kind of forget how we got onto this. No, no, no. no.
0: Uh, well, the, the question <laughs> of expert authority, I, I mean, I, I, I've thought about this in somewhat different terms, and I, I wrote a bit about this in my two thousand and nineteen book Irrationality. I, I a think short this is how
1: we this. actually first got in contact. Yeah, yeah. On,
0: on, on Flat Earth, where I discuss some uh, reflections in Heidegger, of all people, about kind of the, the phenomenology of earthly existence, mm. which involves. And up and a down, the up is the sky, and the down is the earth mm. right and uh, that is the starting point for uh, for uh, phenomenology of earthly dwelling to sound mm. like Heidegger um, and I've kind of understood this kind of uh, as a taking back as well right you want to take back from uh, let's say um, a literally a global perspective. Mm. Um, the way living on earth feels, primordially, mm. yes. right? And I hadn't thought about it in these economic terms, but it sounds like there's kind of a convergence between what you're saying and what, I'm, what, what I had earlier said.
1: Right? Yes. yeah, yeah.
0: Um, But, I mean, uh, uh, but back to kind of expert authority, I, I think about this very often, you know, I can, I can remind myself however many times I want, you know, how many stars there are in a galaxy, how many galaxies in a galaxy cluster, how many how many galaxy clusters in a supercluster and and so on. And I'm aware of the large numbers involved and yet there remains a kind of inclination. If you were to just wake me up in the middle of the night and say, how many stars are there? I would probably say, uh, I don't know, 300, 400? <laughs> and that's just so uh, uh, natural to me to think in terms mm. of the visible night sky mm. when I'm thinking A, a, a of,
1: small and enclosed world. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, that uh, uh, I often feel, indeed, that... That one needs to offer a plaidoyer for that system of counting and that kind that kind of accounting of what the universe is, mm. even if it, even if it's dead wrong. Mm. And maybe one way of thinking about the flat earthers is that they they don't want to say it's dead wrong. They want to they want to kind of. Uh, Extend a kind of literalism to, mm. to what I allow to remain a mere kind of feeling or sentiment yes. that I can that I can later correct at another level. Does that sound right?
1: Yeah. No. I, I mean, I think flat earthers broadly want to live in a world in which uh, their human life has meaning. Right. Um, you know, which, which is uh, their main... Well, I mean, part of the more kind of uh, uh, base conspiratorial element of the theory is that um, the globe-Earth lie is propounded so that people will believe that their lives are meaningless. Right. Um, and, um, no, I mean, I think it is very important to believe that our lives are meaning. I mean, I think it's also... Um, for a certain kind of humility, important to you know, think about the fact that, for instance, uh, the black hole era of the universe will last for trillions upon trillions of years, far far longer than any age in which there were stars and light and warmth and the right. possibility of life. And that it is all fundamentally meaningless. Right, right, um, but, but these uh, are
0: these thi- these are things that are hard to think. Like, yes. It's literally hard to think this. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think uh, what you said about. Um, about them taking it literally is mm-hmm. is interesting because you know I, I tend to think of uh, conspiracy theories as a kind of metaphor uh, in Right in the yeah. sense that uh, it has been literalized in a way. Some yeah. kind of sentiment about the world is presented in in literary uh, in literal and literal yeah. terms. Which well, this brings us
0: back to the poetry yes, question. Exactly, I mean, yeah. Do you think David Ike understands what he's saying as
1: he you know, at some level an allegory? I. I well, I mean, he some of the things he says are within his system allegorical. Mm-hmm. Like like the reptiles mm-hmm. are kind of on the one hand they're a fundamental truth that is mm-hmm. hidden behind the the falsehoods of the world. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, even the reptiles are a metaphor for a more fundamental truth. Right. Right. Um, right. but like in a sense I kind of don't really worry about whether David Icke personally knows that he is, you know, merely expressing something a lot more kind of Flitting and metaphorical about the world, or whether he truly believes it. Because I I mean, I guess uh, my approach to a lot of this stuff is a kind of literary approach, where where what I deal with is is the text, Um, and and the text is often very, very beautiful, or you know, very inventive or creative or wonderful in many different ways. I mean, like you know, um, LED Sun for instance. Yeah, tell me about Uh, (laughs) this. this LED Sun is very minor. They don't have conferences, but. um, The idea is that um, our sun uh, burnt itself out some time ago, uh, and no longer exists, Uh, and that to kind of stop us all from panicking, uh, the powers that be have installed a giant artificial light bulb in the sky. Um, And you can tell that this is not actually our true sun, because the quality of the light that shines from it is subtly different. Uh, Our sun was kind of warm and yellow, mm-hmm. and, uh, and its sunsets more colourful, and, and it was a kindlier, more nurturing sun, and uh, the, the sun-like object that shines above us right now is a kind of cold white LED, uh-huh. and these people um, you know, they'll share these kind of very touching reminiscences of their childhood under the the yellow sun.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I miss the old sun.
0: Wait, when did the when did the switch take place? Uh, I
1: think people have differing opinions. <laughs> I think basically the switch took place when you lost your innocence and left childhood behind. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you know, it, it seems to communicate something. Um, you know. Um, like like Kafka has one of his aphorisms. you know this is an entirely different place. It is lit by another sun, yeah, um yeah I mean, yeah. yeah, like, like and, and it, it communicates the sense that you know um, we we are we are living our lives under a different light. things are disclosed to us differently than they ought to be. This is so interesting, you know recently i've been thinking about
0: something a lot that is different but related, so uh uh. I feel like when I was a little child, I could frequently see the Milky Way. Mm. Um, no, I, I have the same. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I feel like I have distinct memories of seeing a much more vivid night sky. And when I tell people about this, they say, well, yeah, but that's because there's so much more light pollution today. And yet, over the past years, I have made a, a concerted effort to look at the night sky when I'm flying over the Atlantic Ocean in the middle of the night. And I'm sorry, but there's no more light pollution over the Atlantic Ocean today <laughs> than there was in 1980 there are there are no cities in the middle of the atlantic ocean right and yet i still don't see the milky way <laughs> so i mean i have been having this this concern mm. where the hell did the milky way go mm. right i'm not seeing it anymore and i know i used to um and i don't know quite how to explain this i'm not ready I mean, to I,
1: I think the uh I mean, not to reduce it to metaphor. I mean, maybe to do that. You know, there is a sense that you know, as you get older, the grandeur of the universe fades, right? You, you know, very young children, the things that they are fascinated by are what are objectively the most interesting things about the world yeah number one that it's set in an infinite and expanding universe full of yeah. stars and galaxies and number two that it was once inhabited by giant lizards yeah, 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 yeah right, <laughs> right. outer space and dinosaurs the two things that, that every child loves <laughs> right. the best things we have yeah. and then you just kind of put them aside yeah uh and you and you kind of go on with your kind of small life in this world right? right. Um, and like, I think a lot of these cosmic conspiracy theories even if they yeah. deny the reality yeah. of those um, infinite stars and galaxies yeah. they're a way of making that a central concern yeah. of life um, you know like the thing that you should constantly be thinking about is or well, like creationism were there dinosaurs yeah. is there outer space yeah um, yeah These things that are grand and important and should be thought about, even in the form of a denial.
0: Right. Well, that's. I mean, yeah. I, I, as someone with a very kind of uh, enduring interest in natural history uh paleontology and related fields uh, as nonetheless ultimately an amateur i'm frequently confronted by the fact that when i'm at the gallery of comparative anatomy or paleontology in paris i'm surrounded by six-year-olds mm. and it's hard to persevere in that mm. as an adult because all of the forces in society push you to uh as the bible says put away childish yes. things yes um and what one thing that's striking as we're talking and thinking about the conspiracy theories is how much uh, conspiracy theory actually kind of uh, could be seen as an effort to preserve childish things mm. in a world that, that ultimately, um, you know, the only other way to, to maintain an interest in these into adulthood is to become a, a working scientist. Mm. Right, um, and there's really very little room to uh, to indulge these deep cosmological interests. Yes. For example, as an adult, right? Yes.
1: Mm. Oh, I mean, um, well, when I was uh, when I was at the Flat Earth Conference in, in 2017, you know, I, I was uh, hanging around by the entrance, uh, smoking a cigarette, and I see these, uh, you know, these two big muscular guys, both in wearing sports jerseys. Um, hanging around the same exits and you know like uh, like the kind of person that you would you know like normally expect to have a somewhat you know so like a somewhat something of a lack of concern for for grand issues you know mm-hmm. like like just on the basis of a kind of uh, instantaneous class prejudice yeah right. um, but they were discussing the large-scale structure of the universe mm-hmm. they were you know engage in a in a very kind of high-minded very kind of rationalistic from first principles argument yeah uh, about whether there is um, about I think whether the uh, Sun floats below the sphere of the firmament or or if it is attached to the firmament or if it is somewhere above it, above <laughs> um, it yeah. yeah like like I, you know I think uh, I think I think all people have the ability to think and to imagine the world into a, a, an incredible variety of different shapes, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that, yeah, precisely, that there is a lot out there that tries to squash and diminish that in people. Right, um, yeah, right. you know, the, the the kind of what what Heidegger would, would call idle talk." You know, right. the, the kind of the mild chatter of daily concerns Um, but you know I I think we we need some elements of that you know there's a there's a reason that every society has some kind of um, cosmic origin myth apart from ours sure Um, and uh, I, I think it's extraordinary that people will simply develop one, right, um, right, right. If, if left unattended, and that ends up being called conspiracy theory. Right, right, right. It's
0: interesting uh, you, uh, to think about um, creationism, uh, and I don't know if you visited the Creation Science Museum. I, I intend to. to. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's quite wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, there's a whole counter-science uh, on display Uh, in this, you know, what you might call a simulacrum of a museum, Mm. right, which involves phenomena like flash fossilization um, that explains, you know, how dinosaur fossils could have come into being in the past uh, 6,000 years uh, and how you could have the coexistence of dinosaurs and cavemen and so on. And ordinarily, we don't call this a conspiracy theory right because it is um uh uh it's even if it's deemed a pseudoscience Mm -hmm. uh that's something different from a conspiracy theory in in yeah in ways that are maybe hard to disambiguate i
1: I mean i I think the difference with creationism Mm -hmm. um is that i mean this actually ties into some of what you talked about in your uh, book irrationality yeah um Creationism was the uh, accepted theory mm-hmm. uh, for a very long time mm-hmm. uh, until the 19th century, at which point it began to be challenged and was ultimately overthrown by s- some form of uh, abiogenesis evolution, etc although you know like even within that, there are people who believe in certain forms of creationism, yeah. like like the idea that life on this planet was seeded by uh, comets or spacefaring aliens etc hence firmly yes. Yeah. Um, and, and and I think what that means is that among uh creationists especially, I think many of them, certainly not all uh quite sincerely believe that the people who don't agree with them have misinterpreted the data mm-hmm. um, and that uh, you know they, they have they've been misled by certain uh Often natural phenomena like flash flash fossilization mm-hmm. to to um, gain a, a, an erroneous account of uh, historical development. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, I think within the main line of flat Earth uh, is broadly accepted. Uh, I, I mean possibly because the flat earth is, in a way, it comes after the round earth. Yeah. Um, there, there has to be a liar. Someone is deceiving you. Right, uh, right. Which is why I think flat earth gets classed with conspiracy theory yeah. more than creationism. Right. Although I really should point out that um, the kind of paranoid style Obviously, it's present in flat Earth. I mean, it's also present in creationism. You know, many people say that evolution is some kind of scientific conspiracy or a satanic trick or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like uh, I, one of the flat Earthers I spoke to uh, told me that he uh, was just waiting for uh, scientists at. Uh, uh, Stanford or NASA's Jet Propulsion uh, Lab to really start getting involved with flat Earth because he, you know, he, as he said, I am trying to do this research, but I bag groceries from him, I can't do it all myself. We need the scientists to get involved. Right. Um, and like, actually, one of the um, one of the leaders of the uh, Flat Earth Society at the end of the 20th century. Um, He believed that the truth of the flat earth was being covered up by the US government, Mm -hmm. but for basically benign reasons. Mm -hmm. That people couldn't yet handle Mm -hmm. the fact that we lived on a flat earth and that they were waiting for a kind of um, an opportune moment to kind of pull back the curtain and reveal what was really there. Interesting. Um, Yeah.
0: I mean it's, it's, parenthetically unless you want to pursue this further I mean one of the troubling things about Flat Earth theory for me as opposed to say creationism is that uh, you don't only have to argue that uh, say NASA photographs from the moon are fake and so you know date date the conspiracy back to say uh, the late 1960s but you would also have to argue wouldn't you that um, that Galileo was mm. in on it, or that Strabo was in on
1: it. Well, Strabo. I mean they um, they, they have a, they have an interesting account of um, uh, of Strabo actually, <laughs> okay. um, which uh, ancient Greek geographer who, who uh, estimated the size of the Earth to a, a really quite incredible level of detail based right. on the uh, the shadows uh, cast by objects in Greece and Egypt, I believe. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and. Uh, there are flat earthers who have uh, looked at the original calculations uh, and worked out a way to make them conform with a flat earth, uh-huh. uh, which is, I don't, can't remember the exact figures, but I think the sun is about 12 miles wide uh, and about uh, 30,000 miles away, I think. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> wow. So, uh, no, I mean, I, I think um, I actually... Don't know what the flat Earth consensus on uh, Galileo is. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah
1: I, I think they, I think they, they'd be quite willing to admit that there are people in the past who have made mistakes, mm-hmm. who have uh, arrived at a false shape of the earth. Uh, I mean, the problem is that many of these people also believe that there is a kind of malign satanic influence right. that permeates our world, right, uh, which right. is, again, something quite common to uh, conspiracy theory and yeah. also something that, you know, in the same way as the uh, LED sun, I think, actually might hint at a certain deep emotional truth about the way we relate to existence. So, right, you know, yeah. it, it, you know, there, there is something numinous about about that which is not us yeah Uh, about our kind of uh, our separation from the kind of uh you know the oceanic mystical oral eroticism however you want to define it that kind of sense of continuity with all of existence which is which is something that you know mystics in pretty much every society or in pretty much any heightened state uh have have tried to access Right, right, right right Right, right. So there's a
0: poetic truth in there, and you're able to apprehend this. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, in, I mean the, it's, it's, in, in a literary thing,
1: I, it's possible that I'm being somewhat condescending to the conspiracy theorists who, you yeah. know, like themselves, really do believe this stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
0: Well, okay, but here's here's something I wanted to get to. You know, one one uh, genre of literature, if we want to look at this mm-hmm. as uh, as a as a form of uh, literary text, is satire. Mm. And, um, you know, when I was a teenager, I was into the Church of the Subgenius, um, which nicely uh, uh, described what they were doing as a joke, but a very serious joke, mm. right? And little by little, I would learn kind of about the um, the, uh, the genealogy of this, which goes back to discordianism in yeah, the which, early Which 1960s. I
1: encountered as a, as a teenager on yeah, the internet, which,
0: yeah. Um, um, I don't know, maybe the subgenius phenomenon was more American, I'm not not sure. (laughs) It was big in California in the 1980s, kind of as what I now see as the the dregs of like 70s freak art mm. which was very distinctively bay area but we I mean, have um, kind
1: of also the beginning of the
0: kind of uh, bay area tech scene right right yeah 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 that's another dimension of this we might mm. we might get to talk about but if you look at discordianism which w- has also been i guess uh, uh 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 reinvestigated a bit recently by adam curtis um yes, yes. Uh, uh uh you know there is um, a sense in a lot of these quasi-conspiracy theory-like scenes of just playing a joke, mm. uh, the, to epater ép- oh, yeah. bourgeois. And sometimes, I mean, you see in the current landscape maybe uh, very fine degrees of difference between, say, flat earthism and, say, the the birds are fake uh, thing, and so. I mean, on. I mean
1: the, the birds are fake thing. I um, I kind of hate. Yeah, it seems. <laughs> ri-
0: i I'm I, I'm I'm put off by. Yeah, it as well.
1: I, I think I, the guy. I, I mean, that was a New York Times article about. Yeah. That, so. In which the people uh, behind it were just openly saying to the Times, oh, it's a joke, we did it as a joke. Yeah. And I, I kind of want to go, like, have some commitments, to your bit. <laughs> right. Like, like, have some integrity if yeah, you're going to yeah, create yeah. this thing. Mm. Um what? What? You, you you don't want to use the New York Times as a platform for your <laughs> art? You just want to explain it and just right. be a person. I mean, it's something very pathetic. About yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It was um, kind of lame. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and you know, also the kind of uh, the conspiratorial attitude to the bourgeoisie. Yeah, uh, as yeah, is yeah. kind of. Um, I mean, look. One of the great benefits of Marxism is it it allows you to think about how classes act without having to. You know, jump to the conclusion that these millions of people are secretly planting birds to watch us. Right? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That you know, an, an entire class sector has like a, a conscious, secret purpose. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, obviously not entirely how it works. Yeah. Um, but I mean. Yes obviously there, there is a there's always a sense in which conspiracy theory shades into uh, a, a, a kind of satire or, or an absurdism I mean like some of my favorite images that uh, pop up on the internet are these uh, iceberg memes yeah. um, which you know will kind of have an image of an iceberg with obviously ten percent of it above the water right, and then yeah, going yeah, deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper and they'll be words plastered uh, down the length of the iceberg and at the top you'll have you know the kind of very facile very obvious conspiracy theories like uh, the CIA killed JFK, Mm. Uh, 9-11 was an inside job, and then as you go down you'll get to stuff like uh, CIA bases on the moon, Um, (laughs) you know the the 12th century never happened which is uh, (laughs) one of my favourites for Menko's new chronology. and then at the very bottom you secretly have six fingers <laughs> earth has 18 suns there is no sun there is no earth and then very often the um, the truly deepest conspiracy theory will be everything in the newspaper is true yeah <laughs> uh, but uh, like very often with these um, there will be a kind of admixture of um, things that are obviously satirical Uh, and then things that you look into just a little and there is something there, something weird has happened. Um, And I think for a lot of people who are into conspiracy theories, especially now, I mean, like Flat Earth was kind of briefly a meme Mm -hmm. on the internet, um, there is that sense of playfulness in being able to conceive of an idea and hold it and even convince yourself of certain elements of it without fully committing to it, uh, which I think is... I mean, you know, that, that is cons- conspiracy theory as a literary form. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, like it was fundamentally about like doing what literature does, which is reinterpreting the stuff of the world. Yeah. Thinking of new ways to conceive of and understand oh, the yeah. reality that we find ourselves yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, whether that's in the kind of, sorry, more mathematical way of, you know, looking at Strabo's formula again and kind of going, oh wait, but if the sun is only yaseful or whether it's in the kind of um, much more kind of mythopoeic mode.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose in a way we've had 400 years or thereabouts of attempting to come up with ways to hold on to the uh, fundamental truth of scripture Mm. uh, uh, while also recognising the alternative chronologies that have imposed themselves um, uh, as a result of sedimentology and paleontology and other uh, other uh, dawning uh, uh, bodies of knowledge from the early modern period or the late Renaissance on. And people have become, uh, you know, very good at uh, uh, finding a balance between uh, the fundamental truth of of, of of the book of Genesis mm. on the one hand and um, scientific discovery on the other hand, and so you know in some at least sophisticated corners of uh, of religious tradition and in traditions of Hermeneutics of scripture, um, you know, people fully understand what it means to say uh, this is true, um, but also to, you know, not totally shut out, say, um, scientific chronology, Mm. right? And uh, uh, conspiracy theorists don't seem to have the sophistication of a Schleiermacher, or of a, a of a, mm. you know, of a proper hermeneuticist, but what they're trying to do is uh, perhaps. Um, Move at two levels in their conception of
1: what mm. truth is. Well, right? I, I mean, what, what kind of muddies things a bit. I, I, I mean, yeah, truth is is the kind of the uh, defining term of, of conspiracy mm. theory. You know, nine um, eleven truth, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think what kind of muddies the waters here is that you know, on the one hand, um, you know, there are conspiracy theories that are true. Mm. Um, I, I mean, you know, if you take the kind of most overt. Um, uh, definition of conspiracy theory where you know it's a uh, theory that posits a conspiracy, mm-hmm. then like for instance, either Saddam Hussein was uh, secretly producing weapons of mass destruction mm-hmm. and conspiring to do so, or the Bush administration was conspiring to mislead the public right, about that. Right, to, right. So one know, of these
0: two conspiracy yeah, theories. Yeah, like, 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 yeah, that
1: is a true conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I think it's kind of widely acknowledged at this point that the Bush administration did lie to uh, yeah. provide the impetus for a, wa- for a war in Iraq and obviously will never face any con- consequences mm. for that. Um, but there are others which are more contested. Uh, like, for instance, you know, whether Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide Right. Um I mean, I'm very, very firmly of the opinion uh, that on the balance of evidence, uh, no, he did not. He was murdered. Um, and, you know, I'm Joined in that opinion by, you know, um, you know, lawmakers in the United States. You know, mm-hmm. it's um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's far from a particularly out there idea. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, there is a very strong official story that says, no, this is not what happened. Right. Right. Uh, right. He did kill himself. Right. So, so you know, like we're kind of. Um, we're on this kind of level of trying to work out what are the direct, true things about the world which are contested. Right.
0: Um,
1: and because conspiracy theory is a category, will include that, and then also the kind of broader questions about the fundamental shape of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, I, I find that, like, for instance, I'm very, very capable of, um, you know, appreciating something that's... Um, beautiful and interesting and kind of poignant about uh, flat earthers or creationists mm-hmm. or uh uh all the people who think that the sun is fake or the moon is hollow etc mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. while also not fully committing to them mm-hmm. i find it much harder to do that with uh conspiracy theories like for instance the holocaust was fake mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. which you know like i find kind of viscerally offensive you know? yeah, 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 yeah. um or, or, you know, even more kind of banal ones, like that uh, Donald Trump was secretly a Russian intelligence asset right, doing right. the Kremlin's bidding uh, in, in the United States government. I mean, you know, I, 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 guess, um, I guess what distinguishes these are that, you know, these are the smaller type of conspiracy theory that um, make direct claims about individual facts about the world rather than the nature of the world, and I don't agree with them. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah. I mean, could very well be like a weakness on my part, that, you know, I'm not willing to to yeah. consider them in the same light that I would, the ones that uh, either I agree with or I like the shape of. Yeah, yeah. Um But, you know, I think, uh, a, you know, like if conspiracy theory is a kind of form of literature, yeah. there is such a thing as a bad book. <laughs>
0: right, 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 right.
1: <laughs> and, you know, I, I think like... Uh, yeah, like the the Holocaust never happened is a is a bad book. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's fascinating though that in some in some sense it's easier to entertain as true without fully committing uh, those conspiracy theories that ultimately make much bolder claims. Mm. Right? If the Holocaust didn't happen, that is, and people claim it did, uh, that is, on the cosmic. Level less significant than, mm. say, if there's no sun,
1: yes. right? Yes. Um,
0: and yet, um, and yet, uh, the stakes seem much higher mm. in the case of the. Well,
1: yes, well, right? because, because it's, it's linked to uh, uh, some fairly unpleasant people who, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, well,
1: yeah. I mean, you know, the the paranoia is uh, that give them a chance and they'll do it yeah. again.
0: And in a sense, you know, I've been writing recently on the the so-called simulation argument, um, yes. which doesn't get classified as a conspiracy theory, uh, though perhaps says
1: it should. Almost all of the, the major uh, <laughs> uh, characteristics, yes. Right,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, ultimately, what some of its at least partial defenders, like David Chalmers, want to say is that it changes nothing right <laughs> and that a virtual couch is a couch just as much as a couch mm. made, made out of atoms mm. um, and in that respect you know you could say that that the higher the cosmological stakes are of a conspiracy
1: theory the the more it comes to nothing in the end <laughs> I mean I mean that's, that's very interesting yeah. um, well I mean I did write about this years ago there are certain uh Silicon Valley types mm. who uh, believe in the simulation hypothesis and uh, apparently are looking for ways to break us out of the simulation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um which I you know I, which has obviously been a, a dream of people for a very long time. Right. right yes. it's, it's a it's a Gnostic impulse yeah, fundamentally. Yeah. 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 It's a part of gnosticism Yeah. yeah. Older yeah. than that, really. Yeah. Um, you know, like like you have it in um, like very old forms of like Vedic Hinduism. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, what, what I wonder is if they are right and they do this experientially, what would that be yeah. to be broken out of the simulation? I think. What that fundamentally translates into uh, would be blowing up the universe, yeah. uh, which, which I oppose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, uh, in Chalmers' new book, Reality Plus, um, I've, 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 I'm coming out with a critical essay on it soon enough. But uh, one thing that strikes me is that he tries really hard to um, to to establish his. Um, Bien pensant, uh, bona fides, mm. uh and to uh, say that you know, uh, uh, in spite of the fact that I'm in entertaining this as a serious idea, I want to reassure you that I'm not trying to muddy the epistemological mm. waters about the world we live in, and politics is true and high stakes, mm. and I and you know I'm not I'm not interested in disseminating disinformation and so on and so on. Um, and so it's it's as if he's starting to feel the potential spillover mm. into the realm of conspiracies of such talk in a way that maybe some Silicon Valley types are not.
1: Mm, yes. No. Well, I mean, they often have uh, very idiosyncratic politics themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean the politics of of it all is is interesting though in in the sense that like the Flat Earth Conference I keep on bringing up Mm -hmm. that was in 2017 Mm -hmm. Um, and my sense is that if they were to hold a similar Flat Earth Conference this year, there would be much, much less about the overall shape of the universe and whether the sun is below the firmament or attached to the firmament or above the firmament right. and much, much more about politics, right. um, about COVID almost certainly, about the 2020 US election, about QAnon, um, yeah. about the kind of thing that I find Less interesting yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, not that there aren't sometimes points of interest there, but yeah. you know uh, smaller in scope yeah, yeah, um, yeah and that seems to have happened kind of across the boards within yeah. conspiracy theory yeah. over the last couple of years is that uh, people are are very very worried about um, immediate political concerns and trying to tie yeah. that to politics. And the problem is of course that a lot of conspiracy theories are political I mean yeah. you know like a uh, whether uh, JFK was killed by a, a lone gunman or the uh, you know the US secu- uh, intelligence establishment, yeah. that matters an extraordinary deal to yeah. you know what kind of society it is that we live in. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, I feel like that at the same time there there is a, a certain poetry that we lose when that right. becomes our main concern. Yeah. I think uh, you know there, there's something. Uh, uh, Fundamentally banal about, uh, yeah.
0: Fascinating. Even conspiracy theory is becoming less interesting. Yeah. No. I, absolutely. Amazing. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. Uh, they They talk a lot less about uh, about the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites that it's just I'm just remembering now is the view that mountains are petrified
1: trees. Yes. Tree yes. I, I, I wrote about this. One. Oh, you did. I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I I think I uh, uh, it was a piece in the Atlantic which. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, ended up being uh shared by joe rogan i believe uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. actually no it was kind of right up his alley really yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah no this incredibly powerful moving idea yeah. that um trees used to be a lot. Tre- trees bigger. used to be enormous yeah, uh, yeah. That, that um I'm, like the real core of the idea is that you know there is no such thing as mere matter <laughs> as, as just rock it's it, it it is all petrified wood which means that our entire world used to be alive mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. used to be alive in, in a living world mm-hmm. and we killed it mm-hmm. um you know they, they they believe that certain geological features uh, i don't know if it's they or a single person but you know mm-hmm. the the theory spread like wildfire briefly mm-hmm. um certain geological formations are actually the tracks left by enormous machinery uh-huh. as they relentlessly felled all uh-huh. of these magical trees yeah, yeah. um I mean, they also think that it happened in the fairly recent past, which yeah, is yeah. Uh, strange. But um, I mean, a lot of this sounds to me
0: like um, recrudescence or a survival of what used to be thought of as degenerationism, mm. right? What you see in, say, Giambattista Vico, right—that the Earth used to be inhabited by giants. Mm. Um, And in general, over the course of the entire 18th century, um, you look at someone like Buffon, uh, uh, very insistent that there is a sort of... uh, morphological change in uh, living species over time, but it's always for the worse. Mm. Everything is getting punier and weaker. Which which I kind of believed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then then the 19th century and evolution changes all of that, Mm. but you know, the idea of uh, living uh, among the puny remnants Mm. of something that used to be much grander, Mm. this seems to be a relative constant in... in, Yes,
1: oh yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, occasionally I I have the thought that... uh, you know, there's something shoddy and cheap and tacky in, in the modern world. And, the, you know, the, there was something much richer in the 14th century. Right. Then you read the poetry of the 14th century and it's going, our age is so terrible, yeah, yeah, people yeah, were yeah, better yeah. before. Right. right, uh, right, right, uh, right, right. Heisinger yeah. uh, writes wonderfully about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and well I mean like one approach to that is to go no um, people in every age have believed that the age that preceded them was grander and they were all right yeah they're <laughs> all right yeah, yeah, yeah I mean you know I, I, I don't know if I'd be um, w- like willing to endorse that as a as an you know Entirely universal principle, but I think it's uh, you know a useful corrective to the people like Stephen Pinker who every year kind of go, "This was the best year for humanity there's ever." Been. Um, <laughs> right, right. No, 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 it was not. Right, like, right. Like, you know, even on the. Oh, I, I guess this is political, but you know, like even even on the relatively recent timescale, you know, in the post-war years, we had a, a couple of decades in which every trend in human history, concentrating wealth and power in the hands yeah. of smaller and smaller elite yeah. was reversed, and we had about. Thirty years of uh, you know more equitable distribution and in which ordinary people had slightly more of a say over their own lives and then around the 1970s it just clam shut again right, um, yeah, yeah, you know, there is yeah. a sense in which the world is less good now than it was then yeah,
0: um, yeah.
1: but you know I, I, I guess it's difficult because we also have this sense you know on the scale of our own lifetimes mm-hmm. um, of, a, of a separation from the world yeah. of, um, you know, of of, of a golden era that has been lost, you know, that kind of, you know, in Freudian terms, that kind of of, um, oral remnant of, you know, like the entire world is just milk flowing into your mouth. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, mean, you know, there was a time when people conceived of, you know, the great chain of being and a living world, and felt themselves to be part of a living world, that there was um, active and responsive and, and exist in relation to them as well mm-hmm. uh, and then for a very long time um, you know the the uh, no forests on flat earth people are, are kind of correct, we killed it, we transformed the earth into uh, the inert object of an instrumental rationality right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. and you know add, at this very moment, we're living with some of the consequences Yeah, of that. yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I mean, you know, they, you have the very familiar uh, kind of historiography of the mechanization of nature in the 17th century, which is also the Weberian disenchantment of the mm. world. And then this is turned into uh, kind of... Um, Feminist historiography, people like Carolyn Merchant, "The Death of Nature," uh, also writing about the scientific revolution. Now, uh, that's not conspiracy theory, (laughs) um, uh, but it is a different way of articulating um, uh, the 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 basic idea that we killed nature, Mm. right?
1: Well, Um, I I mean, an old notion as well. I mean, you know, in the the classical period, you know that. that Line Pam the Great is Dead, right?
0: Um, yeah, 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 like,
1: yeah. resounding from the islands, you know. Um, mm-hmm. that I, I think, I, I mean, I think part of the problem is that uh, you know, uh, if we're to talk about human essence, then the human essence is precisely that we are not merely part of, of, uh, of nature, like, yeah. like, human nature is culture, yeah. Um, yeah so, yeah, we're, yeah. we're always kind of untethered from right, right. the world as it actually yeah. is, you know. You couldn't speak of a, of a a rabbit or a swan having alienation, right? Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah. At uh, between... least we can't know what that would yeah. <laughs> be. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> um, but so I, you know, I think that we're maybe perennially left with the sense that the world is not as it ought to be, mm-hmm. um, and that we do not fit into the world as we ought to, yeah. and, and that's part of what it is to be ourselves. And I think the valuable part; otherwise, we wouldn't we wouldn't invent new things. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, I I think maybe on a very basemost level, conspiracy theory is essentially the recognition that the world is not as it ought to be. And that kind of goes for, you know, even the ones that I find um, fundamentally tedious, like Russia Mm -hmm. Uh, gate. It's still an expression of that kind of general sense that, That we have been cut off from something.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's spend a few minutes on COVID. um, Okay, (laughs) uh, get you know closer to the news cycle, um, even though you know we're under no obligation to do that (laughs) on this podcast. Um, uh, uh, So this seems an interesting case because it's uh, you know perfectly plausible that. That its uh, origins are not uh, in a wet market, right? Mm. There's no, in fact, the idea that there's a pangolin uh, or bats at the origins of a global um, pandemic, uh, 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 cum political crisis seems. Itself rather far-fetched. Mm. You know?
1: I, mean, I, I, I like the idea that yeah. it's a, a kind of revenge of the, of the natural world. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but I mean
0: something I, I guess this has been this has been discredited since then but you know the idea that there should be something as as odd and rare as a pangolin mm. something that is the at the center of various traditional uh, religious cults mm. around the world among oh, the really yes. people
1: of the Congo. Oh, I, I mean, yes, um, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, you know the yeah. Mary
0: Douglas story. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Well, the pangolin was okay. Christ. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so um, um, the idea that, that that was the truth, and we had to accept that, in a lot of ways, seemed more implausible
1: than a lab leak mm. or uh, uh, a bio weapon or yes. something like that. Yeah. I, I um, mean. I mean. The thing about. It, I mean. I, I guess you know if we're talking about conspiracy theories, we should also have to talk about kind of counter conspiracies mm-hmm. uh, and the 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 urge to kind of uh, shut down conspiracy theories, debunk them, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I guess like the whole edifice of, uh, of of you know received opinion and official knowledge, yeah. uh, which you know conspiracy theory often challenges. And depend depend well, I mean. Uh, I think the cosmic conspiracy theories challenge that on a very fundamental level, yeah. um, but uh, some of the others challenge it on a very granular level, and often, you know, right turns out to have been on their side. I yeah. mean, I, I do not know where Covid came from. Right. I, I couldn't possibly claim any knowledge there. Right. Um, but, you know, it is interesting that the, the view that Covid um, had uh, an anthropogenic origin mm-hmm. um, whether deliberate or accidental, uh, was at the beginning of the pandemic uh, the kind of thing that would get you booted off social media platforms, mm-hmm. that would get you exiled from polite society. Uh, and now, you know, you have Western governments kind of suggesting it. You have, um, I think, it was, was it New York Magazine that ran a very long piece yeah. uh, yeah. arguing? And I think that was what kind of. Shifted the balance uh, was a kind of prestigious um, mainstream publication lending its weight, which suddenly turned, without any difference in the actual propositional content of the theory, uh, what had been a wacky fringe belief into something that was kind of circulating in the uh, in the realm of ideas. Right. I, I mean, the problem is, that, you know, when we talk about truth, there is, you know, truth in the sense of how philosoph- well, how epistemologists talk about truth, which is, you know purely propositional um, and usually to do with people called A and B yeah. um, and, and truth is it uh, I, I guess a kind of like Nietzschean uh, mode in which you know, like we spend our entire lives lying to each other and ourselves right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and what fundamentally constitutes truth is, is who agrees on it yeah. um, and, and, you know, how, how prestigious this uh, particular idea happens to be without really much regard for whether or not it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, like, like when I say, for instance, that I don't think that COVID was a deliberate plan by the elites to, um, God, I mean, to do whatever it is the elites are trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's difficult to tell whether I'm saying that in the sense that I have totted up all of the evidence, and on balance, I think that is not a statement that corresponds to a set of affairs in reality. Mm-hmm. Or what I'm saying is this is too far beyond the pale for me to countenance.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I have sometimes, especially watching very closely, the case of Giorgio Agamben. And, mm. um, uh, 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 you know found myself retreating into a cautious agnosticism about causes and reasons um, which is something very different from just coming out firmly with a position where you say you you know you know that what they're telling us is not
1: the truth mm. right mm. Um, well yeah. I, I mean this is why my, my favorite conspiracy theories tend to be less about um, I know the secret truth about X yeah. and and more about I know that the widely um, uh, the, the widely accepted truth x is actually not true right
0: yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah
0: what's your absolute favorite
1: conspiracy oh theory? God um, <laughs> I mean I, I think it may have to be the holographic sun um, yeah. uh, the LED sun, although I, I actually have a really particular fondness for the new chronology oh yeah um, which uh, uh, claims, uh, among other things, that uh, uh, Jesus Christ was uh, crucified in the hills overlooking Constantinople in around, I think, 1100 CE. Uh-huh, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, and, and it's a really complete account uh-huh. uh, of the entirety of history. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and this one is also uh, political, it's a kind of um, Russian nationalist fabrication uh-huh. uh, in which. Um, the argument is that the uh, egyptian pharaohs the uh, kings of israel and the roman and byzantine em- uh, emperors were all the same people mm-hmm. and that stories about them have kind of dispersed and uh, been given different names mm-hmm. uh, and that um, uh, and that people have this idea that these things happen sequentially when actually it was a single set of events that we have misinterpreted. Yeah. Uh, or in, actually in some versions that yeah. the Jesuits have caused us to misinterpret right. uh, and that actually the entirety of world history uh, happened in Russia.
0: Right, right, right. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, what is the... Well, you don't have to answer this because we have reputations to worry about, but what is the, the conspiracy theory you are most
1: inclined to actually commit yourself to? Well, yes, yeah, so it is dangerous. I mean, um, I, in, a, in a way, I think it's almost quite safe now uh, mm-hmm. to say this, but, uh, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein did not go so. in. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that's a pretty safe one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, That was a... Uh, uh, a box full of uh, uh, videotapes or DVDs uh, in his house um, that uh, was seized, uh, and uh, every tape on it was labeled with the name of a famous and influential person yeah, and then the name yeah, yeah, yeah. of uh, an underage girl. Yeah. Um, and all of this was going to be brought out at his trial, and we have never heard anything about those right, tapes since. Right, right, right. Um,
0: that- yeah, and it was remarkable how Maxwell was mm. sentenced without uh, without implicating anyone else. Yes, well, I yeah. mean,
1: the, the prosecutors had a job to do, which was to prosecute her specifically. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't trying to uh, mm-hmm. uh, bring down whatever shadowy thing it is that uh, lurks at the heart mm-hmm. of the world and runs according to laws that we don't understand. Yeah. But I, I kind of think that, in a way, Epstein kind of is too safe at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, because... Um, uh, well, I mean, one of the things that I've seen is, well, what, what, what exactly are we going to do about it? Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's kind of no plan of action there, really. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you know, other than that, um, you know, I, I find it difficult to, to find conspiracy theories that I will say 100% um, mm-hmm. I believe in this particular version, even mm-hmm. if, uh, as with JFK, for instance, um, you know, I I do not know what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do know that the story, as it's told, um, leave. Well, I, I mean, you say as it's told. There are many people telling many different yeah. stories, um, but the kind of uh, mainstream consensus, at the very least, leaves something out. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, which could just be on the level of that. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald was an FBI informant mm-hmm. um, or it could be that he you know, was uh, a dupe or it could be that there was no Lee Harvey Oswald mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I, I can't make any claims to truth but I can make claims to doubt Right,
0: right, right I, I, when, I mean we're supposed to be converging on an answer to the question what are conspiracy theories mm. and for the moment something strikes me that I'm not sure I see uh, uh, the kind of um, Connecting thread between the conspiracy theories that um, that call into question particular narratives about political events mm. on the one hand, and the rethinking cosmology.
1: I mean, uh, things people who believe one will believe the other very often. Yeah, well.
0: yeah. Um, but why is that? Because I mean, I I, I, I th- I'm pre- perfectly prepared to say. Um, I don't know uh, how Jeffrey Epstein died, but I'm inclined to doubt the official narrative too. Mm. Uh, uh, but that just feels so different to me from the LED sign, Yes. right? I, 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 I mean, don't know necessarily why I, we're yeah. talking about these
1: two well, things together. I, I, think, I think they are, to an extent, um, smaller and larger forms of the same thing, uh-huh. which is the reinterpretation of the world. Yeah, um, is like kind of taking the the stuff of experience and history. Yeah. And, uh and politics and the news, um, and rearranging it in such a way that it uh, creates different meanings. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you take the uh, available information in the reports on uh, the JFK assassination. Yeah. And you make something new out of it, yeah. a yeah. different story. Yeah. Similarly, you take um, you know ancient Greek calculations about. Uh, Shadows falling on a, on a flat plane at different times during the day, mm-hmm. and you come up with a different interpretation yeah. of how big the earth is, how big the sun is. Yeah, um, I mean, what that means is, I, I think this definition would also include a lot of things that are not ordinarily considered to be, um, conspiracy theory, right? Um, you know, like, like, um, I, I mean, like, literature as a whole, in a sense, yeah. is the act of rearranging parts of the world right, um, right, right. taking elements and putting them together in yeah. different ways and making new meanings but it's them. supposed to
0: tell you what it's doing it's supposed yes. to reassure you <laughs> although not always not I always mean, yeah. you know,
1: I, like what, uh, an example you can look at is um, uh, Don DeLillo's Libra for instance yeah. which uh, is a piece of um, literature about the uh, JFK assassination okay. that is you know, absolutely a literary work mm-hmm. uh, but also Posits a certain account of what happened in Dallas that day, mm-hmm. uh, which I think Don DeLillo, although obviously would, you know you, you have to maintain a separation, but I, I, I think this is what Don DeLillo believes mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is creating a version of it yeah um yeah, yeah. i mean well i mean you could talk I, I mean obviously that kind of era in literature has a lot of that kind of thing mm-hmm. i mean you know you could talk about thomas Pynchon, for instance yeah. he's, he's kind of yeah. the author of uh, of conspiracy theory yeah right, um, right, right, right
0: yeah.
1: who um but you know at, at the same time you know uh maintains a kind of distance to this kind of Paranoid affect running through all of his work. Right, 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 right. I mean, in a way, I think of um, you know,
0: Gershom Scholem, who 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 said that you know, or who uh, I don't know if he said it or someone said it of him, but he sublimates his uh, inclination to mysticism through scholarship. Right, Mm. and you keep a safe distance to what you would like to do by uh, (laughs) by by claiming to be a scholar Mm. of the thing you would like to do rather than a No, I mean... Contributor. And maybe it's the same with these, uh, let's say... Paranoid style mm. um, uh, American novels of novelists of the mid to late twentieth century mm. who keep a safe distance from conspiracy theory by sublimating it into literature. yes
1: right? maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I, I mean, I, I, like in a way, I think that's kind of what I do. You know, I think about and I write about conspiracy mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah. like, like maybe because I don't have the courage to fully commit myself. To that.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it seems like the more, yeah, it's hard to say. Um, too smart to commit yourself. Well, no, look, there, there are a lot
1: of very, very smart people who believe yeah, conspiracy Yeah, things.
0: But you're, you're you're either missing something that would make that possible, or
1: uh, you um, you have something that keeps you safe. Mm. from it. Well, I'm, I mean, I think that I, I think part of it is that you know I. Um, directly endorse very few conspiracy theories. I think maybe for the same reason that I was, for instance, hesitant to directly endorse the idea that the uh, COVID pandemic mm-hmm. um, came out of a wet market. Right, yeah. um, I, I mean, you know, I feel like we may be winding up, but you know, this is something that, you know, definitely uh, needs mentioning is that, uh, you know, very often the things which are Delivered uh, to us as being not conspiracy theories, yeah. um, in the kind of naive definition in which a conspiracy theory is a theory that posits a conspiracy, yeah. have exactly the form of conspiracy. Yeah. You know, like like the the official narrative of things very rapidly um, changes. Yeah, um, and and you know, like if if you. Have the opinion that uh, you know the official organs of, of what is true and what is not are reliable. Yeah. You will have to change your mind occasionally, right, 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 um, right. and say that the things that you previously believed yeah. were in fact some kind of deranged conspiracy. Right, um, which is why I mean, like one of the things, not only because I really like conspiracies, but one of the things I'm very worried about is uh, the degree to which it's become impermissible to express conspiracy theories. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like, um, like, I think one of the reasons flat Earth is not the force it used to be mm-hmm. uh, is that the primary way in which it spread was on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and YouTube altered the algorithm uh, to try and prevent people from accessing flat Earth materials, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the effects of this has been that people have been pushed to more towards more kind of banal political, right, quote right. unquote, extremist conspiracy theories like QAnon, yeah. rather than thinking about the shape of the Earth. Right, right. But right. I think you know more fundamentally, um, I think it's very, very unhealthy to um, to take the position that no, the things we know are absolute fact, yeah, uh, and uh, all of these kind of shifting and multifoliate reinterpretations of the world are not allowed. Right. Uh, and, you know, I think at the very least there has to be something like a right to be wrong. Right. Um, right.
0: right. right. Yeah. And,
1: and, you know, like the way terms like misinformation yeah. get bandied about now where, you know, like, like so, you know, I, I think there are like many many bienpensant liberals who want to make it a crime to spread misinformation, right, right, um, right. and in many countries, spreading COVID misinformation has yeah. been criminalized, right, um, right, and you know obviously that's that's extending to other areas where, like in Russia at the moment, for yeah. instance, you know, uh, spreading misinformation about the activities of the armed forces of Russia and what they're doing in Ukraine yeah. carries a prison sentence, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and very often that misinformation is merely, you know. Information that does not accord with, right, um, right. with state approved information. Yeah,
0: of course, of course. Of um, course yeah.
1: But you know, I think even if you're really, really confident in the things that you believe and you think that these are important facts, um, I, I think, you know, it is really crucial that people have an enshrined right to get it all absolutely wrong in creative ways. Of course, yeah, um, yeah. Which means that, you know, I'm, despite being horrified by it, I am. Really strongly against like the criminalization of Holocaust you know. yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, pe- people must have a I, people must have a right to be bad people right right, right.
0: and also I think um, because we 're talking about um, uh, the literary dimensions of these expressions that some people might not even know are literary mm. when they themselves are expressing them. Um, one worries that there's this whole dimension of the curtailment of freedom of speech that, that, that's seldom discussed. That it can curtail imagination, mm, or that yes. it, that you might that the state uh, might not always, or you know, social media mobs or whatever might not a- always be able to recognize the genre in which some false thing mm, is being very expressed. Often, yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, I the one thing I I believe in most of all, I think, is uh, you know the the flourishing of uh, human potential in all its strange and multifoliate forms, often forms that I might personally not like or agree with. But you know, I I try to be always on the side of a richer, deeper, and weirder world. Weirder world. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Rather than you know necessarily one which is always firmly in accordance with the truth yeah. whatever that happens to be for whoever gets to decide what the truth is and um, you know things that are called conspiracy theories I think are a very important part of that. <laughs>
0: Here, here. I think, yeah, we're definitely in agreement on this final point. Uh, Listen, we've been talking longer than we usually do, and that's a good sign. Uh, Once again, uh, if you joined us in medias res, uh, I've been talking to the London-based writer Sam Chris. uh, And we are in a pub at Hampstead Heath. which explains a lot of the noise, (laughs) for which we apologize and we hope it wasn't unlistenable. Um, And I think we agree on on things more or less. Uh, Once again, uh, my name is Justin E.H. Smith, and you have been listening to my podcast, What is X? I've been talking to Sam about conspiracies and what they are. Thanks for joining me, Sam. Thank you very much for having me. Had a great time. See yeah, you soon, like it, boys. Bye-bye.